Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey everybody, hope you're all doing well. My name is Steven and this is the Storytime channel. We've got some pro revenge stories, so let's jump right into our first story of the day by MuttMutt069. Don't think I'm worth the money? Kiss your income goodbye. So I was living in a town where there was an old hotel that was in the process of being converted to apartments. Ended up moving in and at some point started to help the owner, let's call him Steve, out with a lot of stuff. Started with little odd jobs here and there, helping tear out a wall or take debris out. No big deal, really made a few extra bucks. Being a geek, it didn't take long to start ending up helping handle some other stuff. They had internet access available, but it was using HP and A, so basically in-home DSL over lines in a 50-year-old building. They slowly were adding more people here and there, so adding more capacity ended up being my job as well as handling the installs and troubleshooting. Building had its own cable system as well, and it had issues with some stuff overheating. Came up with a design that would simplify the build-out somewhat and remove the issue of overheating boxes as well as adding more room for channels to be added and creating a type of scrolling TV guide channel using Titan.tv and an auto-scroll plugin in the browser, then piping it onto a channel and adding some music. Before long, I was handling most of the maintenance for all the apartments, internet, cable, lockouts, and whatever else might be needed. Then, Steve's stepdaughter moved in and things started to happen that were fishy, my information being removed as the lockout number among other things. So, I gracefully moved on and got out of the way as I didn't want to be in the middle of family. I also had no hard feelings for Steve over what the daughter or her husband was doing. I still got calls with questions and would answer them here and there. About six months after moving out, I got a call that Steve needed help as the boiler system was acting up and basically the building did not have heat. I went down and helped to get things tore apart since the daughter's husband couldn't be bothered. He moved out of the house because he didn't want to take care of things even though the wife did most of it. Ended up, the fins on the boiler had clogged up with the soot during startups over a few years. We cleaned it all out, got it up and running, disaster averted. Owner had another project he wanted some help with, so rather than turn down some extra cash, I figured why not. We ran a small water line from the top of multiple plumbing shafts to the basement so that a set of valves could be put into place so the recirculation pump would be able to evenly get water through the lines and everyone would have instant hot water. Ended up moving back to the area a couple months later as I started helping Steve with an even larger building nearby. The old hotel, converted to apartments, was 10 stories tall, so not small but didn't need a lot done most of the time. The new place was not as tall, but was larger and more spread out. One section had three floors and the whole thing sat on something nearly the size of a city block. I think the total square footage was around 50,000 inside. I was taking care of the apartment maintenance needs and a few other things again, as well as staying in the building with my wife, who was acting as a lookout in the evenings. During the day, I would help out with whatever was going on. We literally reworked a lot of structural steel, reclad one section of the building with corrugated steel sheets, extended one section of the building and poured concrete floors and retaining walls. I started having issues here and there with getting overheated during the day. 
heat stroke and while I was living there I had not actually moved yet so I ended up taking a week to put most of our things in storage. We were literally living at the building in an RV I had to keep the building secure. When I got back, Steve started complaining that the power for the building was $100 and blamed it on me running an air conditioner. We had been running a 220 welder on average 4 hours a day, 5 days a week, but it had to be that AC unit and basically said there was no way I could keep an eye on things if it was running because I couldn't hear anything. It had been over a month of straight highs with over 100 degrees but with another roof over my RV, it never got direct heat, so I called BS as my two-bedroom apartment I just vacated only had electric costs of around 120 per month and it was all electric with a lot more items using power including my aquarium. A question was then made about what I thought I was worth. I figured 10 per hour. I dealt with a lot including maintenance on all the machinery and his vehicle and never charged for fuel or mileage when I would drive my own vehicle to do things. For as long as I worked for the guy, I always had to bid my jobs outside of maintenance work. I was only receiving a flat amount of money each month for the work in the building and my wife received nothing for keeping an eye out, which she did pretty well of since I actually caught a teenage kid in the building with her seeing them. Steve stated that no one was worth 10 per hour to him. Other things were being thrown out as my fault too. Basically, Steve was under the gun on a couple things, as when he bought the building, it was actually scheduled to be torn down, and another building across the road, which was also scheduled to be torn down, was bought slightly after he purchased his, yet it had already been completely rehabilitated and was opening up space for lease. The other building was smaller, but had quite a bit more to have done to get it up to code. The roof was completely gone and the inside was so full of trash, it took nearly a month to clean it out. Steve kept changing things after something was done and then turning around and changing them again, wasting more and more time. A lot of other things were going on as well, so I opted to be done and move on again this time with no option of going back. My wife's health had started going downhill anyway, so being blamed for petty crap wasn't worth it, and I obviously was not wanted around anymore. Now here is the revenge. I had told them multiple times that there was an issue with his fire alarm panel not charging the batteries. The local fire department had been on him once before and forced more smoke detectors to be installed as a retrofit and a few other things. The smoke detectors were installed but the battery charging issue was never fixed properly. Other things in the building had also started to fall into disrepair that I had told him needed to be dealt with. For instance, some very large windows were cracked and had a few pieces broken with tenants in them. It was a two-man job to fix the windows and Steve had too many irons in the fire. He had sunk over 500000 into the new building and either couldn't afford to have someone else do the work or didn't think it was worthwhile so he kept putting it off. I went ahead and contacted the city about issues that needed to be addressed as well as dropped some complaints about some things. I used multiple email addresses from accounts I set up for exactly that purpose so it would never track back to me and contacted multiple members of the city council as well as the fire chief slash marshal. I never contacted Steve again, but the last time I was there, the apartment building was shut down with signs stating that it could not be occupied. Since the fire alarm panel had been written up on once before due to issues and he had been told that if it became a problem again, a sprinkler system would be required to bring the building up to code, with it acting up again, the fire marshal shut it all down. 
The new building is now off the demolition list, but it once again sits empty as there is likely not enough money left to pull from the apartment building to make it complete. You see, being off the list only required it to be warehouse grade, which is basic lighting, emergency lighting, mostly airtight, with egress and fire systems. Once that was done, more work would be needed to actually start using the structure for office space and things of that nature. Going from 100 apartments to 23 with a few rent houses that needed to work likely took the last little bit of money he had free to do things. The apartment building was truly unsafe, as if the power went out, the fire alarm panel would not function, and with a tall building, a fire on a lower floor would lead to pure disaster. All he had to do was fix it so the batteries were charged and would stay that way and pay someone to do work on the panel if it was acting up. But then again, no one was worth $10 an hour. Why would he pay someone who was going to make even more than that? I felt bad for most of the people who live there since they lost their home, but I would have felt worse if they were hurt or worse in a fire. The one thing I wish I had seen was the stepdaughter and her husband's faces while they had to move. They were on the top floor, as well as Steve's and his wife's faces when the building was basically condemned. But I still go back and look at the news articles showing it all shut down and have a little smile. It just doesn't pay to be a jerk when someone has tried to help you out. Let me ask you guys, do you agree with me when I say I think OP should have left that job way earlier than he did? Let alone the not worth $10 an hour comment, it was kind of clear OP was getting taken advantage of and doing a lot of work for this guy and probably not getting the compensation he deserved. Let me know if you agree with me or not in the comments down below. Our next story is by Yolo Swaggernaut. Won't let me rezone my property? Enjoy the smell of 400 hogs. A city near me had a farmer holding out as the city expanded. The city wouldn't let him sell his land zoned commercial since it was a farm, while the farm was completely surrounded by commercial development. The city wanted him to sell the land zoned for agriculture, basically to let some dev bulldozer the fields and flip it for commercial space. Easily 10 times profit, settled into a stalemate. The area became more and more developed. Housing encroached the back of the property. The farmer, getting old and getting tired of this crap, not wanting to pass the fight onto his kids, came up with a plan. The property had been used for soybean and farming corn to this point. Not really a burden to his neighbors. He applied for and received proper licensing from the state for a hog confinement lot. In case you don't know, that is where they keep tens of thousands of hogs before they're brought to the market. Normally located deep in farm country, stinks for miles. The city tried to stop him legally, but they never incorporated the land in the first place. They tried to stop it at the state. He followed the process to the letter and, well, it is farmland. They thought he wouldn't follow through, maybe. He did. He had 400 hogs delivered to what at this point was one of the busiest roads in town. The locals nearly lynched the city council. In less than a week, the city backtracked a nearly 20-year feud and let him sell his farm for the fair commercial rate as he had originally bargained for. 
That is absolutely beautiful. You hate to see the city council treat this person so unfairly and expect them to give up their property surrounded by commercial development as an agriculture zone because it's cheap as heck compared to a commercial development spot just so some apartment building can be sprouted up there for the cheap, cheap low price. Making sure their farmland completely ruined the intrinsic value of the neighboring area completely made the city council buckle to their knees and say, please, please just sell it as commercial. It took 20 years, but the payoff was beautiful. And our final story of the day is by Vast Seaworthiness, Dine and Dash Diva gets what she deserves. My group of friends have been together for quite some time, at least starting from the end of middle school. The majority of us ended up going to the same college, so good for us. Anyway, one of our friends had been acting up unreasonably and starting drama for fun. It had been slowly building up for about a year. Now, gossip and rumors we can deal with because we know each other and we can usually pick the truth from the lies easily. At the point of her rumors spreading, we distance ourselves from her quite a bit. Her latest antics have been much different. For the sake of this story, her name can be D. In our area, cases have been so low that we've started to go out more with the whole gang. Extra precautions aside, things look to be normal. We eat at a semi-formal restaurant, as is our custom. Something about dressing up and treating ourselves is something we try to do as much as we can financially permit. Things seem fine until the bill comes and it's time for each of us to settle up. Dee starts to get shifty and starts tapping at her phone. She stands up quickly and says she needs to go, it's an emergency. She fast walks out of the dining room and out of sight. We try to text and call after, but no answer. We end up all absorbing her part of the bill. A one-time favor for a friend in need, right? The second part of our routine is to go to the host's house, where we drink, watch movies, and have a good time. Kelly was to be the host this time. We're not much for gossip, but Dee's odd behavior mixed with her previous antics got us on the topic. All six of us shared some stories, and it looked like every one of us had some personal run-in with our friend. The second time we all go out to dinner, everything seems well. Dee ordered a lot of mixed drinks and seemed thoroughly tipsy. Foolishly, we believed she would pay her tab this time. Before the waiter could even bring up how we wanted the bill split, Dee excused herself to the bathroom and did not return. We all have jobs along with scholarships, so thankfully money isn't our primary worry. However, last time's bill paired with Dee's inflated dinner and alcohol tab would have collectively set us back about $300. Reluctantly, we paid. Although we didn't see her, it was assumed that she drove home drunk. We rendezvous to the host's place, very annoyed and in no mood to party. Again, D refuses our calls and does not open our messages. We busy ourselves by trying to get in touch with some of D's other friends. Through the mishmash of conversation, it was revealed that D was receiving a stipend from her father that she was saving to buy herself a new Tesla. Not only did she have a job, but she was getting free money from her dad. There was no reason for her not to pay her bills. I guess she thought this way she could get her Tesla faster. We had collectively been fed up with her crap. Since all of us felt burned, we decided to plan some revenge. We knew she had the cash, she just didn't feel obliged to hold her weight. At this point, we were all waking up to how entitled she could be. Our sense of loyalty and nostalgia had blinded us for way too long. Today was the day. We decided to go to a very nice restaurant today, about twice the price of what we would normally do. 
Kitty looked so excited, bless her. We all ate, drank, and had a great time. Dee had ordered many drinks and was again drunk. We were careful not to wait too long or else Dee would dash. So just as dessert was over and the prospect of after-dinner coffee was being thrown around, we all declared that we had a surprise for Dee. Next month is her birthday, so we thought it would be reasonable enough time to use it as an excuse for her to close her eyes. Dee did as she was told and was instructed not to open her eyes until we said so, because the gift takes a minute to set up. We all got up, quietly filed out of the restaurant, and left her there with her eyes closed. Just as we were pulling out of the parking space, we all took one car to save time after our escape, Dee took her own car as usual. We saw Dee running out of the door searching wildly for us. She caught sight of the car just as we rolled away, middle fingers arise. Our phones were blowing up like crazy, tons of vile messages following the calls. I got to thinking, the bill must have totaled around 700-ish for everyone. We would have never picked this place normally, although the food was very good. The rest of the gang headed to my apartment. About 30 minutes later, we each received a message saying we owed her $738.17, along with a photo of the bill. She had the audacity to include her part of the bill in that amount as well, and judging by the receipt, she gave no tip. Classy. I replied with this message. Guess you'll have to dip into your Tesla fund. Take an Uber home before you lose your scholarship and your friends, boozer. We know you can afford it. To say she went crazy is an understatement. She went coconuts. She tore us a new one on Twitter, blocked us, then unblocked us to rip us some more, then blocked us again. Now Kelly, who has an alternate Snapchat account, is treating us to her near-psychotic rants talking about fake who-ars who never did anything for her. I guess that's us. Maybe next time she'll learn to pay for herself like an adult. D is totally in the wrong here. How are you going to dine and dash on who are supposed to be your friends multiple times? I get that the bill is expensive and you want that brand new shiny Tesla, but you can't leave your friends hanging dry like that. They're not really your friends if you do that to them. I would never be able to do that to a group of my friends. Like, I wouldn't even just be able to act like that. Like, I personally just would not be able to do that kind of a rude thing to my friends. So I don't really feel bad about her having to pay the bill for everybody else in the end. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So if you enjoyed the stories today, please consider giving the video a like. And if you haven't, subscribe and turn notifications on so you'll never miss an upcoming video. And if you had a favorite story of the day, let me know which one and why in the comments down below. But no matter what you did, whether it was liking, commenting, subscribing, whatever you did, thank you all so very much for supporting me right here on the Storytime channel. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and as always, I'll be back tomorrow with more Reddit stories right here on the Storytime channel. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.